Three days later, I was at the cemetery with Mark and the rest of the film crew, paying our respects at Debbie's funeral. There was a framed picture of Debbie resting on the casket. Mark had asked me to do the eulogy. None of Debbie's few remaining family members had shown up, and I had agreed to do so. But I was a nervous wreck, never having performed a eulogy before. As it ended up, I did okay, I guess. As Mark and I walked up to the small podium, he had to help me stand upright because I was so weak from crying and my heart aching so much. After a few seconds, I had regained at least some of my composure and began. I don't really know where to begin, so I'll just start at the beginning. I met Debbie at my first audition, and she was so sweet, supportive of me, and it was so amazing to me that a total stranger was so nice to me, especially when she was there to audition for a part in the film, too. She saw something in me that I hadn't even seen myself and wanted to help me to nurture my talents, to become a big star. I started to break down again, but regained my composure. I walked closer to the casket, tracing Debbie's face in the photograph with my fingertip. She, herself, was the big star. And for someone of her stature and inner beauty to be so kind to me, I can't really find the right words to express how grateful I was. So I won't say goodbye. I'll just say, see you later, Debbie. Rest in peace, and I love you. A few weeks later, I was sitting at my kitchen table working on my own script again and sipping straight vodka when there was a knock at the door. Having become a paranoid recluse after Debbie's funeral, I wasn't really all that thrilled about answering the door. Probably Mark again, here to give me a lecture on alcoholism. I ignored it, took another big drink, and went back to my script. The knocking continued, a lot louder this time, and becoming pissed off, I slammed my kitchen chair across the room and went to yank the door open to give Mark a piece of my mind. The person standing outside my front door wasn't Mark, and the last person I'd expect to see at my door, period. Well, are you going to invite me in or not? Shanna St. James asked, looking healthy, bright-eyed, and bushy-tailed. I was stunned beyond words. Oh my God, I didn't recognize you. Yes, come in, I said, and it was the truth. In her present condition, she looked like a totally different person. We walked into the kitchen, and Shanna sat down and lit a cigarette while I grabbed a fresh bottle of vodka from the minibar. Upon seeing the bottle and two glasses, she waved it off dismissively. None for me, thanks. I'm on the wagon. Hey, that's great. I'm happy for you. Thanks, Jan. How have you been, she said, while I poured myself a drink and hoping I wasn't being too rude or disrespectful. She was eyeballing the bottle, and she saw me noticing it. It's not like that, really. I'm not a problem drinker, I said, taking a sip. Liar. I used to say that, too, but I'm glad to hear it, because I have a business deal to talk over with you. My eyes lit up. A business deal with Shanna St. James? What kind of business deal? Day before yesterday, I was talking to your old friend, Mark Craven, and he says you've been thinking about starting your own production company. I wish, but I don't have enough backing. You might have it now. Come again? Seriously, Mark says if I'm willing to stay sober and you can come up with 30%, he'll get other investors to come in on the deal, and we can start our own film company. I leaned back in my chair and took another sip. 
feeling more than a bit skeptical, considering my recent disagreements with Mark. It sounds great, but one question...